Get ready. Hello and welcome to College Talk. It's your host, Beth Brandon. And I'm excited to be here for another week with you all uh, as we are focusing on our productivity uh, isn't perfect series, right? And uh, just a few announcements to start it off. As always, uh, please like, not like and subscribe. What is this, YouTube? No, it's a podcast. Please uh, subscribe if you can. Commenting really helps. Um Share it if you'd like, especially if you know some folks who are college-aged and might be looking for some information, whether they're looking to go to college or they're already in college. Uh, so please, please, please share this if you can. Um, it, it helps us get the information out to other folks. Um, of, of course, there is our website, which is podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com. You can get a bunch of free resources on there, whether you're looking at starting the FAFSA, you're a parent or family member, you're a student, if you're already in college, if you're looking for some time management resources, whatever it might be, there's a ton of free resources on that website, so please check it out. And coming in November, I've been kind of you know sneak previewing this special guest that I'm gonna be interviewing. Um, if you're looking at going to graduate school, and you're thinking about focusing on medicine, but you are concerned about the application process or maybe even the cost, then this interview is gonna be for you. So whether you are looking at applying to your first undergrad college or you're already in undergrad, this is gonna be a great interview to listen to because it's gonna give you steps that you should be taking right from the get-go of undergrad and leading all the way up to the point where you're looking at uh, applying for grad school. So keep listening for that. That interview is going to happen in mid-November, so that episode's probably going to come out around the end of November or in late December. So I'm super excited for it. I'm going to tease it a little bit more, uh, and, and then I'm going to probably, uh, at the end of this series, I'm going to announce who it is. So two more episodes, and then you're going to get to hear who's going to be on here. Or I guess one episode, and then the second. You get what I'm trying to say. So what are we talking about today? Time management. It is time to make time for more time. And that's what we're going to do today. And one of the biggest things that I think is hard to grasp when you feel like you don't have enough time already is that it takes time to make time, right? People always say it takes money to make money. Sure, fine. But it takes time to make time. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a couple different strategies, but before we do that, we're actually going to talk about a, a, a really great method to break down how you're using your day already. So uh, I don't know what this is called, but I'm going to call it the day breakdown activity. And you can find this in multiple different productivity books um, all over the place, and, and uh, it's used pretty frequently. The easiest way I can think is to take a piece of paper and break it up into three columns. And the first one is stuff that you have to do. Sleep, eat, work, school. If you have kids, your kids are going to be involved in that, feeding them, etc. 
So those are the basics of things that you have to do, but then you have to kind of break it down even more about on that. So in order to get to work, in order to get to school, you might have a commute. So make sure you're putting that amount of time in that have to do column. In that have to do column, you have to eat, sure, but you also have to cook the meal that you're going to eat. So add in how long it might take to cook something. You're kind of getting the idea. Getting you know to sleep. How long is your you know pre-sleep ritual? Whether that's you know you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you floss, or whatever. And then you you know you do a meditation, or maybe you read, or maybe you watch a Netflix show. Whatever your pre-sleep medit you know thing that you do is, uh, how long does that take? So add all that stuff in, and that's your have to do uh, section, the first section. The next section is um, the things that you want to do. How much time would it take you to read that book that you want to read, or you know read for a certain amount of time a day? Watch a TV show. Play an instrument, whatever that is. Look into how much time that's going to take you. The last one is going to be, uh, what are you actually doing? What are you actually spending your time on? And then you have to tally all those things up, and you've only got twenty-four hours in a day. So usually, you know, the first column is going to take. A little over half your day, you know, seven to eight hours for sleep is what you should be shooting for, and then probably another eight hours for work. So that's fifteen, sixteen hours there. Or if you're in school full time, it could be eight hours for school a day. Uh, so that's you know, fifteen or so hours, sixteen hours. So twenty-four hours in a day, you've got uh, eight hours left. So all of your want to do. Well, actually, all of your have to do, want to do, and things that you're actually doing have to fit into those eight hours. And so, you'll oftentimes see that the things that get left are the things that you want to do. Those are that's what gets left out because you're too busy doing the other things like TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Maybe you do just like binge a show on Netflix and you don't get other stuff done that you really wanted to. Whatever that looks like.、Um, You know, check and see how your time is actually distributed throughout your day, and how much time you're actually leaving for those recharge activities, which is the want to section. Maybe you want to hang out with your kids more. Maybe you want to get better at running, and you're training for a 5K. Maybe it's you know you want to learn a musical instrument. You're going to drop those things if you don't have enough time in the day, or the things that keep your health up are the things that are going to suffer. So, cooking good meals or sleeping. So you want to make sure that you're checking on and really being very honest about how you're actually spending your time, because it's not always fun to see that you're just spending a lot of time on TikTok or whatever it is. Okay. So one thing that I recommend doing is figuring out what are those times that are、uh, called dead times. Is how I've seen it referred to in, in different books, and those dead times could be your commute, it could be cooking. It could be, you know, whatever. How can you capitalize on those dead times? What I mean by that is, if you have an electronic book that you're using for a class for college while you're driving to school, to work, whatever it might be, see if you can use that、uh, driving time to listen to that book, that that、uh, electro electronic copy of that book, right? See if you can listen to that, so you're able to at least get a general overview before doing a deep dive read later. Okay. And、um, 
same thing with with cooking, right? You know, if one of your goals is to hang out more with your significant other or your roommates or your kids, then maybe you cook together. And that's how you get to kind of utilize that time that normally would be sort of useless. You're just cooking, that's the piece of your day, and then you're incorporating one of those other wants into that. So think about how you can maximize it that way. And that's one way that you can save yourself a little bit of time, but in order to do that, you have to take time to do this activity to see where your time is getting I guess you could say wasted. I don't think that cooking a delicious meal or driving safely to work is necessarily wasted time. Um, but you know, I definitely understand if you have a very long commute. I used to have a commute that was almost an hour, and it was horrible because uh, that was just two hours of my day just completely gone that I couldn't get back. Um, so I listen to podcasts and learn things, or listen to things that I enjoyed, or you know, listen to new music, whatever. And that was kind of how I tried to supplement my dead time. So, the next thing that I want to talk about are specific strategies to help manage and balance your time. And I'm going to tell you right off the the bat what I'm going to talk about and in what order. First, we're going to talk about time blocking. Uh, and then we are going to talk about smartphones and how to use them for good, so different apps that you can use. And then we're going to talk about creating checkpoints to help with longer uh, projects and things like that. And then um, focusing on creating a routine. Um, and so if you want to skip around, you'll know that that's the order that they're going to be in. So the first thing we're going to talk about is time blocking. And this is a disclaimer for any of these strategies, specifically for time blocking. Uh, this, this will not work for everyone. And uh, I recommend a slightly different version of a time blocking if you have a work schedule that changes frequently. And I think that goes for any of these strategies. If you have a, a schedule where you need to be flexible for work or for school or for childcare or whatever that looks like, then you have to build flexibility into your time management program. And that takes trial and error. And that's, that's the worst thing about time management is it takes trial and error. So the first thing that you're gonna do probably isn't gonna be the thing that works for you. So again, that all goes into that piece of it takes time to make time. No one's good at something the first time they do anything, whether it's a math class, throwing a football, or creating a time management strategy, it takes work and practice. So if you try something and it doesn't work out for you, don't just fully give up. Stick with it, change things up a little bit, You know, think about what didn't work, and then change that piece, and then go from there. So time blocking, what is it? The name is the game. Basically, it's going to be sorting your day by blocks or chunks or whatever you want to say of time. When I talk about time blocking with the students that I work with, I like to break it down into five different parts. You've got your fixed responsibilities, uh, your meal times, your flexible responsibilities, your recharge time, and then your free time. So your fixed responsibilities are unmovable things, like your work and your class schedule. Um, maybe it's a pickup time from school, you know, things like that. Those are unmovable things that are gonna have to be put into your calendar or your planner or whatever you're using, whether it's a phone app or a paper calendar, whatever. Those are the time blocks that are gonna have to go in first, the unmovable things. And then the next thing is meal times. And usually when I say this to students, they look at me like I'm kind of weird. If you schedule your full day out and you don't leave any room or any time to eat, 
it's going to be a bad day. So right after those fixed responsibilities, put in your mealtimes because it is important to keep yourself fueled. You have to have something to keep your energy levels up and something to keep you going. So plan those mealtimes in after the fixed responsibilities. After you've got your mealtimes in, then you will look to your flexible responsibilities. Those are going to be things that you have to get done, but you don't necessarily have to get them done at a set time in the day. So homework, uh, going to office hours, uh, maybe taking a test that's online so it's open from a certain period of time, chores and doing things around the house. My least favorite thing, laundry. You know, those are those flexible responsibilities. It's things that you have to do, but maybe there's a couple different options of when you could do them. Then, you after that, we're on the fourth thing now, you want to plan your recharge time. And uh, I was listening to, I believe it was Thomas Frank from College Info Geek, and he was talking about the difference between a high density or like high caliber fun thing versus like a low density or low caliber fun thing. And I think of that from a, a communications perspective. There's a, a high density form of communications, which often has to happen with two people conversing with each other face to face, over the phone, etc. And then there's low density, which can be done over a text or an email, right? You don't have to have the nonverbal and the tonal context. You can just send a block of text and like, great example, I'll be there at five. Great, that's a, a low context, uh, you know, communication style. A bad one would be discussing, you know, uh, how you felt about an action, you know, that someone made to you. You want to have that, you know, conversation in person so that you can understand your tone, they can... Uh, you can hear their tone, they can hear yours, etc. And so um, the same thing is with recharge time. You can do things that provide very low density recharge. So maybe that's scrolling through TikTok or Twitter or watching Netflix on repeat, or you can do high density recharge things. And that's going to depend on whether you're introverted or extroverted. If you're an extroverted person, that might mean actually going out and spending time with your friends. If it's introverted, maybe it's taking a walk, maybe it is reading a book, um, all sorts of different things are going to be important to help you recharge. Once you know what those are, um, it's really important to then create space to do those high-density recharge things. Free time. That comes in afterwards. Uh, I highly recommend in the recharge time that you put in like when you're going to go to sleep as well because it's important to, like I said, get seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, there's a really interesting study by U of M and I... Uh, not getting enough sleep kind of impacts you as though you were intoxicated. It lowers your memory. Not having a sleep schedule can actually impact uh, due to your internal circadian rhythm. I guess all of your organs sort of have their own uh, internal clocks. And if you aren't getting a set or uh, you know reoccurring sleep schedule, it can actually impact the uh, ability of your organs to function properly. So getting good sleep is important, not just so you can stay awake in class, but so your whole body can function well. So keep that in mind uh, as you're moving forward. Um, hang on one second. My cat has decided that my notes are his new napping spot. Thanks, buddy. Sorry. Okay. So free time after that, that's an open space that you can do anything. You can check your TikTok, your Instagram, whatever, whatever you want to do. So um, that's how I ask students to break down time blocking. One of my favorite things is that students are always, they feel overwhelmed. There's no way that I can get everything done. There's not a chance, no way. And then when they break it down, 
um, even when they add in recharge time, they end up seeing all these little blocks of free time where it's like, yeah, you can just do whatever at this point. It doesn't have to be anything. You could literally just take a nap if you wanted to. That's totally fine. And it helps to kind of calm things down because you realize that if you plan out when you're going to do these things and you stick to that, to that at the best of your ability, you can actually like have weekends again and things like that. And so, um, Time blocking not only, I think, helps to get you organized in a way that provides structure, which is really great for folks who are coming out of a structured situation, maybe like being in the military or uh, coming out of a high school where your day is first hour passing, second hour passing, third hour passing, lunch passing, fourth hour passing, fifth hour passing, sixth hour passing, and then you get on the bus and you go home, or maybe you go to an after-school activity like sports, drama, whatever. Your day is super scheduled for you when you're in high school. So coming to college where you maybe have one class on a Tuesday, you know, two classes on a Wednesday, and then a class in a lab on Thursday, and everything else is just open, if you're not used to scheduling your time for yourself, time blocking is a really great way to start learning how to do that, and then you can adjust as you get more comfortable and confident doing that. Um, so a lot of times, not only will it help students stay on task and on track, but it also um, relieves a lot of stress because students realize that they also have time to be themselves and to live. And so it's not just school and work until uh, you die. So uh, time blocking is really, really great. Um, yeah, yeah. So one caveat is that time blocking is really good for folks who have a set schedule. If you need a lot of flexibility because your work schedule changes frequently or maybe you have changing responsibilities with like I said, childcare, or uh, you know, you have an online class, and so your professor maybe posts things at different times. So you have to be, you know, ready to do that. A time blocking thing wouldn't necessarily be the best option because it is kind of rigid, um, and it doesn't allow you to have as much flexibility. That's why uh, I mentioned one thing in our last uh, last week's podcast about the binder with the to the to do list, the daily to do list. That is going to help you to remember what you have to get done and how many things you have to dedicate time to, but it's going to allow you to be more flexible about it because you're not giving yourself a specific time. Um, you're saying, these are the things that I have to get done, and then you plan your day at the beginning of each day looking at what you have to do. So you will eventually set yourself a, a set time, but it's not the Sunday before, it's the day of. So that's a better way to look at things if you have uh, need of a more flexible schedule. So I mentioned it before, you could use a calendar app or something for time blocking, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. So let's talk about smartphones and how we can use them for good and not just for uh, procrastinating on TikTok or something like that. There are a ton of really great apps that you can uh, really use to plan out your week or even your whole entire semester. Um, a lot of times the apps that your school will use for the classes, so like Canvas or Moodle, Blackboard, things like that, they'll have phone apps. Um, and you can usually connect those phone apps to your phone's calendar and then get notifications based on when things are due. And you can set reminders even earlier so that a week out from a due date, you get a calendar app alert on your phone, which is huge, because then it reminds you, like, hey, you've got a test in a week, you should be studying. Um, so uh, you don't have to get super fancy. You can use Google Calendar or even the calendar app that comes uh, on your phone. I have um, my Google, my Gmail calendar hooked to my phone calendar app, because I think my iPhone calendar app is a little bit more user-friendly 
than uh, Google Calendar, the app on my phone. But what I basically do is I just add Google Calendar things on my computer because I am a millennial and I grew up on computers and not smartphones. And so it's easier for me to add that to my computer calendar and then let it just show up on my phone for me. Um, so there's a ton of options with calendar apps. There's even more than just what I'm using there. Um, you can use a few different apps to break down projects. One that I use um, at work to run social media, video, uh, collaborative projects across faculty and staff and different departments is I use monday.com and that helps me manage my projects. Um, it's, it's one that I really like. The free version is even pretty snazzy um, if you're not gonna able to get a, a, a paid version. But there are a couple others um, that you could use, like uh, Things3, Asana, and there's, there's more. So if you just type in project management app, you'll probably find a ton. Um, so if you have like a couple really big semester projects or some big semester projects for multiple classes, you could utilize something like monday.com to set up uh, checkpoints, which we're going to talk a little bit more in a second, basically, but break down how and when you want to get the things done for that project so it's done on time. Um, you can also uh, utilize apps that are more like video games. So um, Habitica and Habit Hunter are two really great apps to look up for that. They are both about uh, to-do lists, goal setting, and goal tracking and things like that. Um, they can help you stay on task and they do that because they incentivize uh, completing your to-do list through an RPG. So the more goals and to-do list items that you complete, the more points you get and the more uh, you can build your character to do whatever you do in those games. Um, I tried Habit Hunter myself just to see if I would like it and to see if I would want to recommend it to students. And if you've ever played like Zelda um, for like Game Boy Color or whatever, uh, it reminds me sort of like Zelda meets Pokemon. Uh, for Game Boy is kind of what that that reminds me of. So it's it's a cool little game, um, and you know, there's a, there's a ton you can do with it. To from setting goals with multiple uh, checkpoints to setting to do lists and things like that. So it's kind of a cool thing. Again, you could use that just as uh, like Monday.com to plan on your entire semester, which is really interesting that you can do that in the game version or you can do it in sort of like a streamlined business version. Just whatever makes most sense to you is what you should use. Um, so talking about uh, checkpoints, which I've just done a ton, um, that's my next point. Many points. Check points. I'm sorry, that was bad. Uh, you don't have to be super tech savvy to do this one. Of course, you can use those apps that we talked about before, monday.com, Asana, uh, Habitica, Habit Hunter, whatever. But you can also just use a pen and paper, a big whiteboard, a, a desk calendar, whatever it is. Uh, when you're facing a really big project, you can use your secret weapon checkpoints. Uh, in college, um, especially when you're taking multiple classes at once, you're gonna have all the due dates uh, basically from day dot right there in your syllabus. So you know from the first day of class when things are gonna be due. Sometimes things will change in the semester and a professor might change a date. That's why I often recommend using a digital format because it's easier to change than a planner unless you're using a pencil or uh, a dry erase calendar is really good because it's a lot easier to change things on there. Um, but planners work wonderfully for some folks and if that is your style, 
please use a planner. Maybe just think about using a pencil instead so that you can rearrange dates. So you can uh, basically set up checkpoints and reminders so that you don't have to rush at the end because you know when the due date is. If you know you have a five-page paper due uh, in late October and your class is starting early September, all right, end of the first week of classes, you want to have read the rubric and the assignment information for that paper. Second week of September, you've maybe started to get an idea of what you want to write about. Maybe you've started outlining. Third week, you've done your research on the topic you think you want to write out, and you've started working on your thesis statement. And then from there, maybe you do a free write and a rough draft. And then the week after that, you take it to the writing center at your institution, get a proofread, uh, work through some more concepts and ideas, and then you start to work on your next draft, and so on and so forth. And then by the time you get to that last week of October, your paper is not only done, but it is really really good because you've had the time and ability to put in effort, have it checked, have it double checked, rewrote it. It's going to be an A paper and that's amazing. And it wasn't super stressful because you didn't try to do it all in a week, which is great. Who likes stress? Not me. Um, so that's kind of the idea of checkpoints is it's not necessarily as rigid as time blocking or things like that, but it allows you to just kind of move through things at an even-keeled pace, and that's sort of a big rush at the end. So it's a lot more relaxing. So the last thing that I really want to talk about is routine. And this one might seem straightforward, but I don't think I'm going to talk about it in the same way that you think I'm going to talk about it. A lot of lifestyle influencers are going to say that you have to get up early and blah, blah, blah. And I say to that, hell no. Uh, all of us naturally have times throughout the day when we're most energetic. I can tell you right now, mine is not 5 a.m. Uh, it's like between uh, like 11 and 1, and then I get sleepy for a little bit after lunch, and then between like 2 and 4, I'm back at it, and then I usually get another one around like 9 or 10 p.m., uh, a little burst of energy, which is super annoying because it's when I should go to bed to get up for work, right? So we all get these little bursts of energy throughout the day. It's times when we're going to have more natural energy and we're going to be more productive. Okay. And so I'm not going to say get up at 5 a.m., start your day at 5, and then your life is going to change for the better as long as you do everything the same and you always get up at 5 a.m. No. What I'm talking about with routine is that uh, you find your productive times and that's when you base your routine off of when you're going to work on things for work or for school or for whatever. And you want to build your routine around that so that you can do the easy things that are thoughtless, like washing dishes, maybe vacuuming, uh, whatever, making your bed. You can do those during your downtimes, your less energetic times. They're the things that don't take a lot of brain power, but the things that you have to get done. Um, maybe you want to also make sure that you dedicate some of your recharge times to those downtimes if you like to do things like nap or read or low energy activities. Now, Sometimes you're going to be able to solve problems during those activities because you're reaching into something that's called passive thought. When you're really focusing on a situation or a problem or anything like that and you're focusing on it and you're thinking about it actively, that's active thought. The tricky thing with active thought is it can kind of get you into sort of a pattern, right? So maybe you're, you're like, a, like a pinball machine, you've hit it and it's in the bumpers, and it's just going around and around and around and around and around. And it's great because you're racking up points, but you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting anything special. You're just getting a couple points at a time. 
Then let's say it finally drops back down and you hit it up into like, I don't know, the galactic wormhole part. And it gives you a bunch of points and then it, you know, it's hidden for a while. You're not thinking about it. You're waiting for the ball. It comes out, hits a bunch of other stuff. You get a bunch of points because it has changed direction. So when you do passive thought and you don't actively think about that, you do other things and you let your brain passively work on it, you stop thinking in that pattern and you start thinking about things in a different way. And so when you're doing these things in your downtime, when you're not focusing as well on something, you're allowing your brain to then do that passive thought. And when you come back to that active thought in one of your high energy times, not only may have you thought, uh, not only will you have maybe thought of the answer, but you'll also have the energy to do something about it. One of the other great things about routine is it reduces stress because you have something that you can do. You have something that you can look to, some normalcy, etc. And so routines are really great if, uh, if you're someone who's prone to stress. Um, that is something that, that I, I suffer with a lot. And in times when I've been able to live with a really set routine and, and work in that, I've really, really done well and flourished and been able to balance my life a lot better. When I get knocked out of a routine and have to start something new, I really struggle and it impacts my uh, focus and I have to work harder at focusing at work. It impacts my ability to want to be social and things like that. And so if a routine is something that you're not sure if it's going to work for you, what I highly recommend is you sit down and you kind of monitor yourself throughout the day, figure out when your high energy times are and start to build your routine around that. And so you're doing, you know, you're brushing your teeth during your downtime. Maybe you're drinking coffee during one of your downtimes, things like that. One thing I do want to say is make sure that you don't always use your high energy uh, times for work and school stuff. Make sure that you also allow yourself to have some of those high impact fun moments during your high energy times because you're going to get a lot more recharge from that if you're able to really focus in and be present during that time. So, you know, again, I really, really, really just want to say that uh, this isn't a one size fits all. Time management is not, definitely not. Uh, you have to play around with the time management strategies to figure out what's going to work for you. And the important thing um, with, with all college classes, with all most things in life, is that you just do a little bit every day. That's the biggest thing with time management. It's not that you necessarily have to have everything planned down to the letter, but it's that you give yourself the opportunity to do a little bit every day so you're not rushing at the end. And uh, that, according to my notes, is the end of it. And I'm pretty pumped because we stuck pretty well to our half an hour time slot. Um, so, you know, think about those strategies. I'd recommend giving a few of them a try uh, and, and seeing if you can make them fit what works best for you. Because like I said, productivity is not perfect and time management and certainly not productivity. They are not a one size fits all situation. So play around with things, figure out what works with you. And it's okay if it's not right the first time because we're all learning. Heck, I've been reading about this stuff for like two years now and I still am learning more about myself. Maybe not necessarily the productivity strategies, but I'm certainly learning what does and doesn't work for me all the time. And so don't be afraid to you know, assess something and say, this is not working for me. Ditch it and try something else. Um, I'll see you in a couple weeks and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about our next productivity uh, 
conversation, which I think is something we've talked a little bit about before, but I really want to deep dive it. I really want to talk about goal setting. And we're going to look at it a little bit different. We're going to talk about goal setting in two different ways. We're going to talk about uh, success spirals and micro goals. And then we're going to talk about creating big goals uh, and what that's going to look like. So we're going to talk a little bit about productivity through the lens of goal setting. So uh, I will see you in a couple weeks, or I guess I'll talk to you and talk at you in a couple weeks. Um, but until then, it was a pleasure to chat with you here on College Talk.